Good morning. Uh, I'm up here again. Uh, if you remember the last time I was up here, um, we talked about God being a God of order. And, you know, if he says, if he says so, it's for a reason. Um, specifically talked about uh, creation of idols and idol worship and, and uh, just as an example. Um, so today's is called Just Wait a Sec. We're going to kind of look at the sort of the other side of that kind of thing. Um, I didn't actually ex- plan this out to be a paired sermon with my last one, but it just worked out that way. Um, so just a quick review. 1 Corinthians 14, 33a, For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. Um, but everything should be done in a fitting and orderly manner, orderly way. Um, and then the, the blessing that God kind of set with Adam and Eve Um, God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. We can call that plan A, or plan A Adam and Eve. Um, But we know it didn't didn't work out so well. Um, It didn't work out as intended anyway. Um, We can have a discussion about whether it worked out as expected, just not as intended. Um, Just, you know, God's knowledge of things and and free will and all that stuff. But we're not really going to talk about that today. Um, but with, the, with Adam and Eve, with creation, with you know, God's plans starting out and, and uh, subduing and filling the earth, this theme of first kind of starts off here. And uh, it kind of persists through the Bible. Um, there's some things we're going to just talk about this morning. I just have some verses just to kind of set the stage, even though if you are familiar with Bible stories and stuff, it's probably not anything new. It's just, we're just going to review some of this real quick. Deuteronomy. Now, again, if you're talking about um, firstborn, first fruits, we're going to talk about that stuff today. Um, I just picked this one. Um, if you do a word search for that stuff, you know, we'll see you next week. I mean, there's just all kinds of verses. Um, Deuteronomy 21, 15 through 17 if a man has two wives, and he loves one but not the other, and both bear him sons, but the firstborn is the son of the wife he does not love. When he wills his property to his sons, he must not give the rights of the firstborn to the son of the wife he loves in preference to his actual firstborn, the son of the wife he does not love. The reason I picked this verse is because it's going to kind of fit into some of the examples that I, I show. Um, you know, there's a lot of places, especially in the early days of the Bible, when People had multiple wives, or they, they took concubines or slaves, and, and we'll see some examples of that. And just this kind of sets the stage a little bit that, that there was not really supposed to be any favoritism, that your firstborn is your firstborn, and um, you can't just ignore certain things that have happened in favor of who you want your first, your, your true firstborn to be. Um, and a lot of the firstborn stuff was just to, you know, for the... Let's see if we can go back one here. To be fruitful, increase in number, fill the earth, and subdue it. Um, I mean, there's some practical reasons for that. You have your family, you have kids, and you want whatever you have to continue on. You want uh, your family to continue on. And, and you know, the firstborn would actually take over when the, the father of the family died. The firstborn would take over. So... Um, I don't know if I have any verses here that really dug into that at all, but um, 
the firstborn would typically get a double portion of the inheritance because they were not only a child, so you know, they'd get the regular portion of being a, a child, but then they would get the extra portion for being the next head of the family and all that responsibility that comes with that. Um, but of course, you know, as humans are, because that responsibility equals the double portion, people still get jealous. Um, people still want that double portion. People still fight about who, who deserves it, who gets it. So some of these verses are just saying like, okay, well, here's, here's how it works. You know, the firstborn is the firstborn. And, uh, you know, talking about God as a God of order, you would expect that he would always choose the firstborn when he's putting his blessing on things. But we're going to see how that's not always the case. Um, and maybe a theme of why that's the case. Um, so this is actually just continuation of the previous passage. He must acknowledge the son of his unloved wife as the firstborn by giving him a double share of all he has. That son is the first sign of his father's strength. The right of the firstborn belongs to him. And so that's a little clue as to why they saw that that was such a big deal, that the first son was such a big deal. Um, the first sign of the father's strength, that he's such a man that he created a man. Um, I'm sure there's all kinds of other cultural reasons that we could look into, but we're not going to do that today. Um, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Um, just, just talking about offerings and, uh, and that God gets, gets a bit of the first. Um, this, this verse I chose, we really haven't quite got into all the examples yet. Still setting the stage. This verse I chose just to kind of bring these two firstborn and first fruits uh, ideas together just so we can move forward and talk about them. Uh, Psalm 105:36. Then he struck down all the firstborn of their land, the first fruits of all their manhood. And talking about the firstborn as the first fruits and the offerings, what they have to offer. Now let's talk about some examples of firstborns. Cain and Abel. We, uh, I think a lot of people know the story, even people that don't know the Bible. Cain, especially, is a, a name that is, that is used. Um, Genesis 4, 4 through 5, The Lord looked with favor, favor, not favor, favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. In the biblical text, we don't really get a, a thorough explanation as to why this is, why God favored Abel and did not favor Cain. This, uh, you know, this is our, our, our first generation past Adam and Eve, and already we've got some jealousy and strife because there's favor and, and non-favor. But Abel was the secondborn. Cain was the first. So already we're, we're kind of shirking our, our firstborn um, pattern, I should say. Um, yeah, I don't have too much more to say about that part of it. Ishmael and Isaac. Now, this is a, a little bit different in the, this pattern of things. Because Ishmael was born of a different woman. So you could still argue that Isaac was the firstborn of Abraham's wife, Sarah. But Ishmael was the, the real firstborn because um, he was born before Isaac. Born of Hagar, Sarah's slave. And as we saw in, now Genesis, Genesis takes place before Deuteronomy, but we're just kind of looking at the pattern of things. We're not looking at who, who failed or who sinned or who didn't follow Deuteronomy. 
because um, they didn't have that back, back in their day. But, um, but just looking at the pattern of things, that in Deuteronomy, it says it doesn't matter. It's just the firstborn is the firstborn. But God did not put his, his complete blessing on Ishmael as far as God's plan. And as for Ishmael, this is God speaking to Abraham, because Abraham was like, you know, God already told him that he was going to give the blessing to Isaac. Abraham was like, okay, but what about Ishmael? So God said, as for Ishmael, I have heard you. I will surely bless him. I will make him fruitful and will greatly increase his numbers. He will be the father of 12 rulers and I will make him into a great nation. That sounds good. That sounds, you know, very similar to other blessings that he's already doing. He says, but my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you by this time next year. Again, so God is putting his favor, his covenant on the secondborn, not the first. Esau and Jacob. Now this is, this is an interesting story. Again, we're not so concerned today about the whys of everything because uh, I don't really know the why in some of these. Genesis twenty-five, twenty-three: the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. Now, this doesn't necessarily say, you know, like we, let's go back one second. So this is God talking to Abraham and saying, my covenant I will establish with Isaac. This one is God saying what's going to happen, but it's not really saying, at least in this passage, this isn't God saying, I will bless the younger. I will put my covenant with the younger. This is him just saying that what's going to happen. But as we follow things through, and, and a lot of these examples are related, like directly. So Ishmael and Isaac, we got Abraham is their father. Follow these guys. Isaac is now father of these two guys. And then that will follow through into my next example even too. Um, but yes, so they had the same mother. They were actually twins. So, um, but one of them technically was the firstborn because they were twins. Esau came out first. Jacob came out after grabbing onto uh, Esau's ankle. Always, uh, as an example, of always chasing down the you know, wanting what Esau has or, or that he's going to take over. And God says that, that the older will serve the younger. So there's still this good or bad. There's still this, this theme of God's, God's blessing and God's uh, original plan of filling the earth is following through the second one. Now we're going to break from the exact pattern of the second one and go to Joseph, who was... Still not the firstborn, but he was definitely not the second. He was much later. Um, but this is still even the next generation from Esau and Jacob. So, um, and God said to him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and increase in number. So we kind of have a similar thing as what he, he put on Adam and Eve. A nation and a community of nations will come from you, and kings will be among your descendants. The land I gave to Abraham and Isaac, I also give to you, and I will give this land to your descendants after you. So this is, uh, this is God actually speaking to, to Jacob, who was Joseph's father. And, and this, does not speci- this passage does not specifically say who he's putting the blessing on, but Joseph's is a little bit a longer story of God showing who he's putting the blessing on, and uh, that Joseph helped to save everybody. And, and uh, 
through Joseph's dreams and stuff that God was already speaking, Jacob was kind of clued into what was going on. He didn't really know what was going on, but he knew that there was, there was some promise given. And another example of someone who is not an exact second, but, uh, but definitely not the firstborn, is David. Now, there's other examples. I just picked these um, about David. We've got 1 Samuel 16, 10 through 11. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? And there is still the youngest, Jesse answered, he is tending the sheep. So here we, we have an example of just the cultural stigma of the firstborn. Like that's just the way it was. Like he had, he had seven of his sons, so David wasn't even a part of that. They didn't even bring David because they knew, like, you know, how we do things is the firstborn. And, you know, sometimes the firstborn isn't, you know, just isn't worthy. There is some precedence for that. So, okay, it's secondborn, thirdborn, fourthborn, fifthborn, seven, you know, and it kept going down the line. And Samuel decided, because God told him to, to wait for the, the one that wasn't even there. They were going to bring him in. And that's where the blessing followed. Now, the reason, uh, oh, one quick little example, and this is just a, a story that Jesus told, but the prodigal son, again, you just have that little example of the firstborn um, not being the focus of the story and not getting, I mean, you could argue that the, the secondborn, he got his inheritance, he blew it, and then he got his inheritance again, kind of getting a little bit of a, a double inheritance there. Um, but all of this, and I rushed through all of this, but all of this is really for the focus of, of this. Did God really shirk his, his order of things? You know, that was Adam and Eve really not his plan? Was, uh, was his plan to let everybody fall away and to, you know, all this death and destruction? Like, no, that really wasn't the plan. Plan A was plan A. And when Christ came, it was to satisfy that. Um, the secondborns weren't really, you know, God wasn't creating a new favor. He was just, cre- it was just a, a pattern of things to come that, that the second was actually the fulfilling of the plan. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, and so in Christ all will be made alive. There's uh, other verses referring to, very similar to this, referring to Christ as the second Adam. And, you know, where the first, first plan did not, uh, did not work out as God planned for it to. But the but you see the seeds, you see the, the pattern throughout the Old Testament that, that the first didn't work out, but the blessing is following the second. That the, the plan that God had from the beginning, see if I can quickly get there. There we go. Be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Especially when we talk about... Um, Christianity and, you know, the Holy Spirit filling the earth. Um, that all of this, God's plan was uh, so in Christ all will be made alive. So God's plan succeeds 
in the, the second Adam. And uh, Christ is here to, I did not include that verse, but the verse that God, Jesus says where he did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. That, that means a lot of things. Um, but yeah, I, it's, that verse specifically means to me, for the most part, that Jesus did not come to be a most special thing. You know, he came to fulfill what God had always intended with us. And through him, it can be fulfilled. Through him, we can be saved. Uh, we can be raised with him. We can fulfill the, uh, you know, fill the earth, not only with our families and our, our harvests and our, our uh, flocks, but also with the Holy Spirit. And uh, just a little example of just reading through the Bible and just seeing the pattern of things. And, and you know, sometimes asking why if there's, there's rules for things. Sometimes they're God's rules. Sometimes they're, they're cultural rules um, and, and going through that. But, you know, did, is God really willing to break the rules? And, and if, you, you know, if you come across something that seems like that's the case, you know, why is he breaking the rule, breaking the, the status quo of maybe something that even, he even set up? Uh, but maybe there's a, a pattern for it. Um, and, and today's pattern was just interesting to look through and to see all these names that, you know, through Sunday school stories and stuff, you're familiar with these names. Um, but it kind of seems to break away from, from the way things should be. And, but that also is the story of Adam and Eve. They kind of broke away from the way things should be. And it had to be fulfilled. It had to, it had to come out somehow. And it came out through the second Adam, through Christ, through Jesus. And that's all I have for today. So, I... Uh, Thank you, Tabitha, for taking us through the healing and, and uh, all that's very good. Hopefully we can get back into some of that, that stuff, opening things up here a bit, um, not just with discussion and with teaching, but, but with uh, spiritual things and discernment. So let's finish the day with that. We'll just uh, we'll pray and... Well, have a good day. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this church. We thank you for this community. We thank you for the church at large, the churches that we are connected with. We pray to see your spirit moving through that. Lord, we want to see more of you. We want to... We'd like to understand you, but at the same time, you are above our understanding. We just pray for discernment. We pray for an openness of the spirit here. We pray for an openness and obedience to hearing your voice. And we also pray for discernment. They were listening for your voice. 
just pray for, for humility here. We thank you for all the examples in the Bible of, of people that, that have your heart. Even people like David that we don't necessarily want to live like. But there's something there. There's some favor that you had with Abel that you did not have with Cain. There's favor that you had with David that you did not have with his brothers because you do not look at what's on the outside. We pray for these fruits of the Spirit, joy and peace and love. We pray that that's, that's what people see when they come here, not because of us, but because of you. We pray that that's what people see just because we're in this community, not because of us, but because of you. We thank you, Lord, for where you've taken us. We thank you where you've taken the, the human race. Thank you that you're still here for us. And Lord, I pray that uh, your renowned be known and your spirit is welcome pray for your spirit to go with us this week in jesus name amen